welcome. On behalf of the family, I want to thank you for joining us today. We've gathered here to worship God and bear witness to the resurrection as we celebrate the life of Jane Regeer. We come together in grief, acknowledging our human loss, and we ask that God would grant us grace, that in pain we may find comfort, and in sorrow we may find hope. Listen to these words from God's word. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Pray with me, please. Almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, you alone are worthy of our praise and worship. As we remember and celebrate Jane's life, we honor you as we honor her as one of your children. God, I pray that in your boundless compassion you would console us as we mourn, help us to see in death the gateway to eternal life. Father, bless our time together. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.
the family has honored me by asking me to share memories of Jane, Leland and Jane and our family have a long history together, a very meaningful time that we spend together, and so thank you. I won't insult your ability to read, so I will not read what's in your pamphlet. I assume that all of you already read that. But I want to reflect on some history that Leland, Jane, and I have. It's been over 40 years. We both built a house, we in Bueller, they on the farm, at about the same time. And Leland offered to help me finish my basement. I had contracted to have the house built, but Lee had some skills that I didn't, and so together we did some work in the basement. They built a house out on the farm at about the same time, and I had a history with some knowledge of landscaping, and so I helped Lee and Jane landscape their house. That was the beginning of a strong bonding between the, between the two families. That resulted in many other social interactions that we enjoyed together. They later became a deacon couple here in the congregation while I was the pastor. And so we had another level of interaction, sharing the concerns of people in the congregation. And they had the compassion to care about people. But Jane also had the gift of hospitality. We often met at their home. Even deacon board members or meetings would happen in their basement. They had this large basement, and she would grace us with the refreshments. And so those are pleasant memories that I have in working together with him. When Paul graduated from high school, and he'd played football in high school, and uh, the coach at Tabor at that time was a friend of mine. He'd grew up in the congregation that I pastored in California. So I went to Dan Teeson and I said, hey, we've got a guy that played football in our church. You need to get him on your team because, you know, this is what football players do. Paul got to play at Tabor for four years playing football. And I can't remember whether he got a scholarship. I hope he did, but I can't remember. But I know that he got a position there for which I was very grateful because that gave me an excuse to go and watch football at Tabor. These last months of Jane's life have been difficult. In some of the interaction that I had with her, she would say, I just want to die. Now that wasn't an escape thing. She was just so ready to go. And why, Lord, are you allowing me to linger? The Lord answered that prayer. She slipped away quietly, peacefully. And today we're gathered here to celebrate her life and to worship her Lord. There was another level of interaction. I hadn't put it down in my printed 
thing. I guess I was an old man and I forgot. She was also a part of a life group that I led for years when we met together for Bible study and, and fellowship and prayer. And so that was another level of, this was after Leland had passed away. The family has asked me to share some of their memories of mom and of Aunt Jane, and I'm pleased to do that. The first one is a letter to mom by Steve. When I think of mom, I have so many memories that it's hard to put one memory above another. The one thing you had, you and I shared, was I inherited your ability to feel strongly when things are sad. We had a saying between us that no one cried alone in our presence. All my life I hated saying goodbye to relatives like grandma and grandpa when we visited them. I would be unable to keep from crying when we said goodbye. I hated it so badly, especially when someone commented on it. Mom, you told me not to be ashamed of my feelings. Both of us just love in a different way. Some are able to control their emotions better. You and I can't bottle our, our tears. We just let them flow. You would always put your arm around me and squeeze when those times came. I particularly remember when you called to tell me that Uncle Henry had called to say that Aunt Mildred had passed away. You were upset that Aunt Mildred had left us and how the phone was silent for a long time. Both of us were unable to continue our conversation. And this is not in the, in the text because of our tears. So today, when I'm sitting here with a heavy heart and missing your comforting arms around me, tears are flowing. I know that you're looking down at us with tears of joy because you are extremely happy standing by Grandpa and Grandma, seeing Dad and Paul, and the long-awaited time to see your sister, Mildred. Hugs, Mom. The next one is from Tom. I guess the memory that sticks out in my mind the most was when the family was preparing to go to her firstborn child's Paul's memorial and she and I were talking and she said that she was glad I was around to help her through this and then again when the love of her life was called to glory she said how she could never have gotten through this without the love and comfort of her children and now mom praise God you are united with your firstborn and the love of your life. Thank you, Tom. J. 
James. He's the young one. I think the big thing that I could say about mom, and I know we talked about a, a bit of it, this, a bit of this when we were together, and I need to explain that. Tom and James came over to visit us, and we did some talking about this, and that's what he's referring to, a bit of this when we were together, is that she was completely devoted to dad and was one of the greatest supporters I've ever seen. You could say she won the Oscars for Best Supporting Actress. I like that. Not to say she didn't have her own life, interests, and things to do, quilting, gardening, cooking, baking, and bird watching. But she was first and foremost a wife and a mother and supported us all in what we were doing. She loved hearing from her family and friends and keeping up with their lives on the phone and on Facebook. I just list a, I could list a long, a lot of small things that she loved, but they were insignificant to the precious, preciously mentioned items. Thank you, Mom. And then her niece and nephew, actually several nephews are here today. I had the privilege of meeting Henry and Mildred. They would come frequently from Chicago to visit family and would worship with us. And so thank you for your notes. The first one is from Joel Nelson. My earliest memories of Aunt Jane are tied to those of my mom, her sister, Mildred. Whenever the Nelson and Regeers got together at Grandma and Grandpa's house, Mom's demeanor changed from mother to that of sister. She clearly loved her sister. They would talk together for hours in the kitchen, catching up on family news helping their mom cook for us while keeping an eye on us. There was no acting out. You had two moms watching you. My favorite memories all seem to revolve around travel. As a college student, I remember stopping by the farm while I was on a bus trip heading home. We had a nice visit Aunt Jane and Uncle Lee were always welcoming. She packed a lunch for me and dropped me off at the bus station in Hutch. It ended up that I had to share that lunch with a man on the bus who was down on his luck. But Aunt Jane had packed doubles of the sandwiches and cookies. She was a godsend. I remember their traveling through Albuquerque to Fresno and taking my family out to eat at whatever cafeteria was close by. They did this three or four years in a row. Those were fun visits, but brief. Most memorable was the time they 
traveled east for a reunion of some sort in 1999 and or, or 2000. We were just getting settled in our new house and only had a guest room with a double bed. I felt embarrassed, but they said it would be fine for one night. The next morning, I asked, did you sleep okay? Uncle Lee said with a wink, sure did. Haven't slept this close since we got married. <laughs> Aunt Jane laughed and punched him. Her passing leaves a void in the Nelson heart. She was that last tie to our mom, our favorite aunt, and may, and may she rest in peace, Aunt Jane. The next one is from a niece who goes by the name Jane also, but her name is Andrea Jane Nelson. I understand that kind of a thing. I happen to be married to a lady that goes by her middle name, not her given name. As a child, I remember how Aunt Jane, name, namesake, would like to style my hair. Having all sons, you mean she didn't style your guys' hair? <laughs> okay. Having all sons of her own and myself having four brothers, this was an unusual way to spend time for both of us. I would sit at her feet on the floor and she would brush, braid, and twist my hair all the while telling me what life out on the harvest was like. To me, a kid from the suburbs of Chicago, that life sounded fantastic and so difficult at the same time. I was pretty sure I didn't have what it would take to survive. I also remember how she and mom, or my mother, excuse me, would dutifully write letters and have phone calls, staying on or staying up to date on each other's lives, as well as taking care of their parents, each from a distance. More recently, I remember a phone conversation last fall when she shared how she felt God was gently showing her ways she could be more open and loving through her friends and neighbors. She concluded the conversation with, even at my age, I still have a lot to learn and God has a lot to teach me. And that's from Jane Andrea. And there is a grandchild here, Paul's daughter, and she would like to share a few words. Christina. Hi. My name is uh, Christina Kinzel, formerly Regeer. I am Paul's daughter and the only granddaughter of Jane as well. So I've got some uh, memories from some other people. I'll go ahead and share mine first. Um, 
as we go. So uh, I'm going to miss knowing that Grandma is no longer a phone call away. Uh, we'd often talk on the phone about everything. It would be the weather, the news, any family gossip, uh, telling stories of you know her own son, which was my my dad Paul. One of my favorite memories was actually when she came out west for my wedding about five years ago. Uh, she hated California. <laughs> she said that it was too cold, coincidentally, um, as it was. But it was really nice to have her around and to be able to have pictures and memories of her now um, with that. Every once in a while, I would come home to find a package on my doorstep or wherever I was living, and it turns out it was from Grandma, and it was a blanket. <laughs> and so I now have multitudes of blankets from grandma, which is lovely because she used to make us some, me some custom dresses because again, I was the only granddaughter and so she liked to make dresses for me and sew them. So I still have those. I look forward to passing those along to, uh, to my own children at some point as well. Um, their blankets always actually came with a lovely note as well that was of course difficult to read as grandma's cursive was very complicated and difficult to read uh, if you've ever read any of her notes but again I look forward to passing all of those things on to my own children and and so forth so I will miss grandma very much um, I was able to come out to see her uh, around Christmas time um, and uh, it was still a difficult time for her as well um, if you know, but uh, it was very nice to be able to see her and, and get to know her as, as we move forward. Thankful for her legacy. Um, next, I've got my, uh, my brother Jeremy, um, has some notes to share as well. Among all the millions of amazing memories that I can choose from, one of the best things for the fact is that Grandma and Grandpa's last trip to California was for my wife and my wedding. Grandpa died shortly after, so he and Dad never got to see my son, which was Kaiser. But it meant so much that Grandma got to see him. Not in person, unfortunately, but it was through FaceTime. Thankful for FaceTime in these times. She seemed so happy, and it just means so much to me that she was able to interact with him. One of the good things to note is that there are many other family members out in California, Fresno, which is where we're from. Um, that include her great-grandson, Kaiser, uh, who she was never able to meet but was able to see via FaceTime. So we'll never forget the goodness of grandma and great-grandma that she was herself. We're thankful for your time on earth, but we celebrate where she is now. We love you very much, grandma. Thank you. I've also got a note from my mother, Lori Kleshold, who was Regeer. Uh, she was my mother-in-law for 25 years. She was always loving and caring to me, despite the fact that her oldest son stayed in California for me. I think everyone who knew her knew that she was a strong lady who loved her Lord fiercely. So I wanted to put together some other ways to describe her throughout the years that I've known her. She was practical. She came out to help when my oldest son, Jacob, was born. It was Halloween, so there was a knock on the door. She opened it to trick-or-treaters, but we were vastly unprepared, so she dug in her purse for a pack of gum for them. She was skilled. When the first girl of the family, Christina, was born, she got to work on sewing dresses for Christina until about second grade. She was friendly. When visiting us in California every year, she loved chatting and catching up with all of our neighbors. She was smart. When Jeremy was born, she stayed to help again. I began experiencing headaches and severe neck pain, 
So she simply gave me a strong shoulder massage that I still feel to this day. She was sensitive. There was no holding back tears when it came time for goodbyes. She was curious. She loved sitting in our backyard and watching the birds and the squirrels playing together. She was thoughtful. We always looked forward to her package that was filled with grandma's cookies and her pickles, may I add, as well. Loved her pickles. Overall, she was a beautiful example of a mother-in-law and a godly woman who will be missed dearly. We love you, Grandma. We miss you. Thank you. There will be a fellowship meal following the service here. And I know many of you have cherished memories that you'd like to share. You'll have an opportunity to do it as you gather around the table. Bless you. Hearing memories shared from family uh, kind of stimulates your own thinking. Leland and I got to know each other quite well because we drove a truck for Kenny Paul's harvesting and had some time to get to know each other and to visit. And the thing, I, one of the things I remember especially about Jane and Leland was their sale. It was a wonderful sale. I brought home some souvenirs from that sale. I have a tandem trailer parked next to my house that I love to pieces. I also have a saddle and a bridle. Interestingly enough, when I went and looked at that saddle, Leland was there and I said, Leland, uh, is there some stories about this saddle? And this bridle, this is not normal. And um, there was a headstall with the bridle with a curved bit, and somebody, turned out to be Leland, had, by request of Jane, had modified that bridle from a mild curb to a very sharp spade bit. It was about that tall. And I said, do you have some stories to tell me? about Jane and this horse. And he said, uh, yeah, probably, <laughs> but uh, I don't want her around when I tell you. <laughs> and so a couple days out at Little River, Kansas, I learned something about Jane and her horse and saddle and bridle. And um, I said, well, Leland, what did you learn from that? Well, he said kind of a whole new vocabulary when she got to talking to that horse. <laughs> and so they had some great, great times together. And also with those of us who got to know them, it was uh, a pleasure indeed. The songs uh, that I'm singing today are requested by the family. And the next one is, uh, Jesus is all the world to me. Great old hymn of hope. And as I think about that, when we, when we say Jesus is all the world to me, th that's a huge statement. But in the long run, this world isn't all that much compared to the world that Jane now knows. 
And that's what we celebrate today. Jesus is all the world to me. I knew Jane the least. Uh, 30 years ago, James was in my youth group, and uh, I'll let him decide if he wants to tell you about our epic road trip to Nebraska, where I cannot confirm or deny that we might have listened to Pink Floyd. Um, but I remember Jane, I remember Leland and, and Jane. Uh, there was one time, I, I was uh, 30 years ago, and uh, uh, I was a youth pastor here, and I think, I bet Nick put him up to it, but I was on a trip or something, and, and uh, single guy, whatever, I needed a ride home from the airport, and uh, here I show up, and here's Lee, Lee and Jane. And that's what I remember about them, very, uh, as a couple, service-oriented, very kind, very loving, and were very interested in ministry here at Bueller MB. That's what I remember about Lee and Jane. And so I'm privileged to be a part of this. You know, I, I know the least and, and the stories that we've already heard. Uh, just a reminder, keep telling them. It, it's okay for us to be sad because we should be sad. And Jesus himself said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So I want to encourage us all as we uh, 
leave this place even to keep telling the stories about Jane and, and remembering. And, and it's okay to be sad and it's okay to grieve because uh, Jesus said it was. But it's really more bittersweet. Uh, it's, it's really more joyful than sad for Jane, as we've already alluded to. Um, even though she'll be missed, there's something very appropriate about her departure. Because even the author of Ecclesi Ecclesiastes said, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. It's appropriate because Jane had lived out a full and complete life. She'd known the love of God and the love of family. She, she, was ready, she was ready to go. And she was a follower of Jesus, and that's all that mattered. That's why the psalmist could say in Psalm 116, almost strangely, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. You see, more than bringing us to death, God is calling us home. And we know that this existence, where we find ourselves now, this world is not our home. Paul writes in Philippians 4, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. As we've already said today, we know towards the end, Jane was getting pretty weary of, these, of this earth suit that God has us in. And we know that this, if this is not our best home, this is not our best body. And I don't care who you are. If you're the champion of CrossFit or the most, infit, uh, the most fit person there is, your body starts to give away. And all of you young people just wait. But we know, and it's, it was hard at the end, and, and we're talking about procedures and what do we do, and she just wants to go home. Jane understood that there was a promise. And that promise Paul reiterates in 2 Corinthians 5. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, <laughs> fragile dumb things that they are, if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Now, meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened. And Jane was, gro was groaning, and she was burdened. But we don't wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as the deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. We all have the guarantee. Jane is now experiencing it. There's so much more to us than this physical body. Jane understands that now. We need to start to get a picture of it. Came across this story, kind of a, a, a lot of you won't recognize, some of you won't recognize his name. Our sixth president was John Quincy Adams. He was a, a believer, pretty devout. And he uh, served his country and uh, followed Jesus. And uh, here's the story I came across. One day in his 80th year, 
someone asked him, how is John Quincy Adams today? The former president replied graciously, oh, thank you. Uh, John Quincy Adams is well, sir, quite well, I thank you. But the house in which he lives at present is becoming dilapidated. It's tottering upon its foundations. Time and the seasons have nearly destroyed it. Its roof is pretty well worn out. Its walls are much shattered, and it trembles with every wind. The old tenement is becoming almost uninhabitable, and I think John Quincy Adams will have to move out of it soon. But he himself is quite well, sir, quite well. He started hobbling on down the street, believing without a shadow of a doubt that the real John Quincy Adams was not a body that could, enclose, could be enclosed in a casket or buried in a grave. He recognized that beyond the temporary physical man on the outside, there's a spiritual and eternal man on the inside. The flesh dies and is buried, but the spirit lives forever with God. Jane gets it. Jane gets it now. Now we know, of course, that release and relief from the physical isn't the only great thing that Jane is enjoying right now. Beyond physical trials, life has all sorts of woes and suffering. And Jane had her share. The death of a son, death of a husband, effects of a broken sinful world. But having trusted Jesus, she knew where her hope lies. In 1 Peter, we read these words. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now, here it comes, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. We all know, Jane knew. You've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. And even James wrote in his short letter at the beginning, consider it joy, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Faith in Christ gives us, gave Jane, the strength to persevere through all of life's struggles. And she is reaping the benefits for eternity now of what that means. So, my encouragement today is to take comfort in the reality that Jane has been released from her physical body that was so troublesome towards the end. She's been released from that, and she is enjoying her perfect eternal body. And she's no longer burdened with the suffering and woes of life here. And she's experienced, she's experiencing 
her fullest life without care or worry, which she will have forever in the presence of Jesus. Now, I would be more than remiss if you came into my church today and I didn't tell you plainly what it means to follow Jesus. I can look about uh, out on this crowd and I know many of you. I don't know many of you. I know many of you. I don't know many more of you. So don't miss a beat and I won't miss an opportunity to take it. We can't talk like this if Jane didn't know who Jesus was. It's a very, very different story if you don't know who Jesus is. So I want to encourage you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, talk to somebody in this crowd, talk to me, talk to one of these guys, and let us tell you what it means to follow Jesus. It makes an eternity of difference. Hear these words from the Word of God from 1 Corinthians 15. It's marvelous. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. The trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself, clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me, please. Father, we stand in awe of you. We stand here with grateful hearts and grateful minds as we thank you for Jane's life, for her faith and trust in you. Thank you for the work of your son, Jesus, who reconciles us to you and makes all things new and opens up the gates of heaven for eternity. We long for that place to join Jane with you in heaven. God bless us, we pray. So in a minute, I'm going to give a benediction. And uh, this song will play that was also important to Jane. And, and the casket will be escorted out. The family will leave. And you are all invited to stay and join for a, a luncheon. Uh, there will be no enjoyment right now. That will happen at a later time. Then sings but, uh, my soul to be Savior God to thee. Please listen to this. How great thou art. In the name of the 
name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Inasmuch as Almighty God has taken to himself the soul of our departed sister, Luella Jane Regeer, we entrust her care to the Eternal One. Ensure and certain hope of resurrection to life everlasting. Of earth you come, to earth you shall return. Jesus Christ, our Savior, shall at the last day raise you from the dead. From the store now to him is a, who is able to do immeasurably more than all I we ask or imagine, to him be all glory and honor, and may he grant each of us comfort king. and peace. And I'm sure In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to stroll over heaven with you some troubles and heartaches are vanished away then we'll enjoy the beauty where all things are new i want to stroll over heaven with you Time and treasures have kept us from making plans as you know. But come the morning of the rapture, together we'll stand anew while I stroll over heaven with you. I want to stroll Troubles and heartaches are vanished away. Then we'll enjoy the beauty where all things are new. I want to stroll over heaven with you. I want to stroll. 